0: Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. you what I am excited today to start this brand new series that we are starting called Stories. Now I know some of you are going, this ain't brand new. We did this last year and I'll tell you it's not brand new. It really is a continuation. Everybody say continuation. Chapter two, a continuation of something that God has been doing in the lives of the people here at Lifegate for the past year or so now. And I am super excited as we kick it off because here's the deal, guys. It's really more than just a message series, it really is a journey. Everybody say, a journey. It is a journey that we are taking that God has been leading us on over really the past 12 and a half years as a church and especially over the last couple of years as God is leading us into the next chapter of what he has for us as a church and I'm super excited that part of that journey and part of that story is a brand new 450 seat worship facility. Come on, isn't that exciting? Pretty awesome. And it's awesome to think about the fact that last year at this time when we did the first stories series and we challenged you in this way that 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 building out there was nothing but some lines drawn on a piece of paper. But a year later, man, you can look out there and you can see the progress and it is pretty cool to see, isn't it? Pretty amazing to see what 's happening out there, and yet as cool as that is really is just a building it really is it 's just some rooms it 's just some walls it 's just it 's just some drywall and some brick and some stucco and eventually it 's going to be some seats and some and some cool audio video stuff, and that stuff 's going to be cool. I just got to say. But I tell you it really is just a building. It's just it's just a structure. There's nothing really nothing really special about it except what's going to happen within the four walls of that building. What is going to happen is lives are going to be changed, and people are going to come to know God, and people are going to come to freedom and to relationship with God and connect into into a family of believers. They're going to get some of their hurts and some of their their stuff healed, and God is going to do a work in their life to show them the purpose that he has for them to lead them forward so that together we can make a difference in the kingdom of God. Come on, right? That's what's important. And it really is about the stories of lives that are going to be changed. In fact, that's why we named this series. That's why we named this campaign, the stories Campaign. because here's the deal, guys. God has a story he wants to tell. He wants to tell a story in Burleson and in Crowley. He wants to tell his story in Joshua and Alvarado and in Cleburne and in South Fort Worth and even around the world that God has a story that he wants to tell. And I'll tell you what's so awesome is that he wants to tell it through us. In fact, look at your neighbor. Just tell him, God wants to tell a story through you. Come on, just tell him. God wants to tell a story through you, and here's the bottom line. In fact, this was kind of our foundational thought that that kicked off this whole campaign and this whole journey over a year ago. And that is this foundational truth. That here's the deal: is not about you. Come on, everybody say it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not my story. It's not your story. It's not even our story together. Guess what, guys? His story is it? It's God's story. That so many times, man, we get into this trap of thinking that it's all about me. It's my story that I am telling. But here's what I gotta tell you is that yes, you are part of the story, and God wants to include you and even use you in the story, but it's not about you, and it's not about me, and it's not even about us, it's about God, it's the story of God that He wants to tell in our lives and in this community and around the world in fact the bible says it like this in hebrews chapter one that jesus christ is the what the author and the perfecter of our faith that he's writing the story but guess what guys he wants to write you into the plot isn't that cool that is his story that he's the author he's the perfecter he's the writer he's the master storyteller and yet He wants to make us a part of the story. He wants us to be involved in the plot of the story that he is telling here on this earth. Last year, we told you what it means to get involved in the plot. We had a fun little acrostic that just used the word plot, and it just simply went like this. We're going to pray. So everybody say, we're going to pray. The the, the L is that we're going to listen. Everybody say, listen. I almost forgot how to spell there for a second. We're going to pray, the L is we're going to listen, the O is we're going to obey. So everybody say obey, and then we're going to trust. We're going to pray, we're going to listen, we're going to obey, we're going to trust. In fact, that's what this series, that's what this campaign, that's what this whole thing is really all about, is saying, God, we're going to pray, and we're going to listen to what you have to say to us as we are praying, and whatever you say, we're going to step out in obedience, and when we do, we're going to trust you to come through in a supernatural way in our lives. We began talking about this over a year ago. Today, what we're going to do over this next three weeks is we're going to dive into this idea of what does it mean to be a part of the plot of the story that God is telling through us. And in order to do that, we're going to look at an amazing story in the Old Testament about a guy, man, a guy who really, truly was surrendered to God with all of his heart. A guy who just whatever God said to do, this guy did whatever God said to do, and God used him in unbelievable ways. And we're going to look at the. story story of Elijah over the next three weeks. In fact, if you have a Bible today, you can go ahead and open up and turn because we're going to be mostly in 1 Kings chapter 18. And here's what we're going to discover about Elijah is that over and over and over, Elijah was part of the plot of the story that God was telling in his people that you're going to see over and over and over that Elijah prayed. In fact, prayer is a major part of the story of Elijah. The Bible. Bible says in James like this that, that, that Elijah was just a man like you and me, and yet the thing that made him different was that Elijah knew how to pray, and we're going to see this throughout his story, that over and over and over that Elijah would pray and God would speak to him. In fact, today we're going to uh, look at a story in just a few minutes of how Elijah prayed and what God did through that, but Elijah wasn't just a man who knew how to pray. Elijah was a man who knew how to listen that Elijah understood that prayer doesn't just involve our mouths, it also involves our ears. And when Elijah would pray, he would open his ears and he would hear that God would speak to him, sometimes even in just a gentle whisper is what we're going to learn. And yet every single time that Elijah prayed, he would listen and hear from God. And then when he would hear from God, he would obey and do whatever God asked him to do. I mean, sometimes even when it didn't make sense, sometimes even when it was just kind of crazy, some of the things that God would ask him to do. I mean, I'm thinking about some of the stories of Elijah, like one time where this little boy died, and I mean, he was he was gone, he was dead, and God told Elijah to, to get up onto the boy and begin to pray, and he did that three times, and the boy was raised to life. I mean, crazy stuff. We're going to read about, about how one time Elijah was on the mountain, Mount Carmel, and all of, like, hundreds. Of prophets of Baal were there, and Elijah was there by himself representing God. And God said, I want to show my power to these people, and this is what I want you to do build an altar and cover it with water. And three times they just drenched that thing in water. Then I want you to stand up by the altar and call down fire from heaven. I'm talking crazy stuff that this, that God called Elijah to do. But as he prayed and as he listened, he would obey, even if he didn't know what the outcome was. Why? Because Elijah was a man who didn't just pray and listen and obey, but Elijah was a man who knew how to trust. See, Elijah recognized that the result wasn't up to him. The result was up to God. And let me just tell you something here today is that when God begins to speak to your heart and you step out in obedience, guess what? The results of that obedience aren't up to you. See, your job is just to pray and listen And obey, and then your job is just to trust that God's going to come through in whatever way He decides to come through in your life. And this is what we're going to learn in this series we're going to learn to be a people who will pray, listen, obey and trust. In this series, here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I'm going to challenge you over this next 21 days. In fact, starting tomorrow, I'll tell you a little bit more about it later, but beginning tomorrow, we're going to be having what we're calling 21 days of prayer. And I'm just going to challenge you for the next 21 days to join us in praying. And as we pray, here's one of the prayers I want you to pray. God, what do you want me to do? And I believe as you pray that God's going to begin to speak some things into your life. And when he does, you just open your, Ears and you just listen, and whatever it is that he speaks to you, some of you he's going to speak to you, hey, I want you to get involved in a ministry or I want you to go on an outreach or I want you to do a missions trip. some of you as you pray he's going to speak to you, I want you to share your faith with the family member, or I want you to invite someone to church, some of you that as you pray that God's going to begin to speak to you, I want you to do something financially for the kingdom of God. I want you to give financially towards the stories campaign and what's happening with the building and all the different parts of the campaign and as you pray and as you listen then here's what I'm just challenging you to do step out and obey whatever God puts in your heart. In fact, here's what I would ask you to do right now, even right now before we go into this 21 days that you would just you would just say this prayer that goes like this, God, whatever you ask me to do, my answer is yes. I may not even know what the question is yet, but my answer today it's whatever you ask me to do, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to give, wherever you want me to go. God, my answer is yes. And then you're just going to step out and you're going to trust. You're going to trust that God is going to come through in huge ways and we are going to see the miraculous over this next year. Come on, how many would believe that with me, Right. So let's dive into this just a little bit. First Kings chapter 18, and we're going to look at the life of Elijah. We're going to start with the first part of the plot. We're going to talk about how did Elijah pray, and we're going to see in 1 in Kings chapter 18 and verse number 42 this incredible story. Now let me just set it up for you just a little bit. First of all, here's what you have to understand. Is that for the people of God in this time, it had not rained for three and a half years. Now, I know that's a little bit hard to relate to because it feels like it hadn't stopped raining for three and a half months here where we live. And so it hadn't rained there for three and a half years. And Elijah, God tells Elijah to begin to pray for rain. Now, I just got to be honest. In this building program and stuff, there have been times in these last few months that I prayed it wouldn't rain. I'm just... Like I'm saying, but in this instance, rain was a big deal. Like it had like it had the potential to be life changing for these people, because you got to imagine that in those days, these were agricultural people. So when it didn't rain, you know what that meant? It meant they didn't have any crops, You know what that meant? They didn't have any work. You know what that meant? They didn't have any food. You know what that meant? It meant that they went hungry. You know what that meant? It meant they didn't have any fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there was no rain. This could even mean, like, this could be life and death for these people. And so when God speaks to Elijah to pray for rain, it wasn't just like, hey, pray that rain will come and we, know we all need rain because my yard's looking a little bit dry. No, no. This was like a life and death prayer that Elijah prayed, and it wasn't a prayer just for himself. I know a lot of times when we pray, we pray God do something in my life which is good, and those are good prayers, but Elijah was praying a prayer that wouldn't just impact him, although it would impact him. He was praying a prayer that would impact a nation. And these are the kind of prayers that we're going to pray during this next 21 days together. Not just prayers that impact us, but prayers that will impact our church and our community and even our world and guess what when it impacts those things it impacts us as well. And let's pick up where the story where the story starts in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 42. Let's read it together. It says Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea he told his servant. And he went up and he looked. There's nothing there. He said, now seven times. Everybody say seven times. Seven times. seven times. seven times, Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds and the wind rose. a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And the power of the Lord came on Elijah, and he tucked his cloak into his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Man, cool story of what God did as Elijah prayed. And in this story, here's what I want us to do we're going to see four things about how Elijah prayed. So if you take a note, she can write these four things down. The first one is simply this that Elijah prayed regularly. See, Prayer was a regular part of Elijah's life. Like as you study through Elijah's life, here's what you're going to see, is that prayer is a central theme. That, that, That Elijah was a person who didn't just pray when he needed something. Elijah was not a person who just had a prayer time. Elijah was a person who had a prayer life. Guess what, guys? If we're going to be, uh, make an impact upon the story that God is telling, if we're going to be a part of the plot of the story that God wants to tell in our community and around the world, let me just tell you something. Prayer is going to have to be a regular part of our lives. Prayer is going to have to be something that we don't just do at bedtime, and we don't just do at lunchtime, and we don't just do in bad times. Prayer is going to be something that we do all of the time in our lives. In fact, I want you to see the example that Jesus sets for how we ought to live a prayer life. Look what it says in Luke chapter 22 and verse 39. It says, and Jesus left the city and went, look at these words, as he what? As he usually did to the Mount of Olives. And why did he go there? To pray. I want you to notice that. Like this was the usual part of his life. It was something he did every morning. He would get up and he would go to a certain place and he would spend time in prayer. It wasn't just an every so often thing. But Jesus set the example to us that prayer ought to be a regular thing in our lives. That when others look at us and they see our lives, they'd see us praying and they'd say, yeah, that's something they just usually do. That's just a part of who they are. That's just a part of the way that they live. That's that's a usual and a regular thing in their lives. I mean, just imagine what could happen in our church. Imagine what could happen in your family. Imagine what could happen in our community. Even in the world, if the people of God made, pray- made prayer a habit in their lives, imagine the difference that it could make. If we prayed, not just when we have to or when we need to, or, but if we prayed as a, a prayer life, what could happen? The difference that it could make. In fact, this is one of the habits that I want us to begin learning in our lives as we go through this next, this next three weeks together. Here's what I'm challenging you to do, to join me in this 21 days of prayer. In fact, as you came in today in your worship guide, you should have got one of these 21 days of prayer guides. Why don't you go ahead and get that out and, and just hold that up so I can see that you got it, all right? Here's what we're going to do. Today, you see the first seven days of our 21 days of prayer, and we've given you seven different topics, one for each day. And here's what we're challenging you to do over the next 21 days that everybody, come on, everybody say everybody. Everybody join us in this. Starting tomorrow at noon, every single day for the next 21 days, we're going to join together in prayer. And we're going to pray over each one of these topics. Now, you say, I don't know if I can remember at noon, or I don't know, you know, how how am I going to join you at noon? Well, let me tell you how we're going to do it. Every single day on our LifeGate Facebook page, if you have not yet liked the LifeGate page, go on there right after this sermon, not right now. Come on, don't get sucked into Facebook right now. But right after this sermon and right after this service is over, go in there and like the page, and here's what's going to happen. Every day at noon, we're going to go, one of our staff members is going to go live on Facebook, and we're going to just ask you to just join us for a few minutes of praying over each one of these topics, one that we have per day. And on Tuesdays, everybody say Tuesdays. On Tuesdays at noon, here's what we're gonna do. Some of you are you you work close to the church, maybe you get uh maybe you get a noon hour or you get a you get time off for lunch. At noon on Tuesdays for the next three weeks, myself and our staff are going to be here in this room praying together over that day's topic. And if you are able to, we are gonna ask you to just join us. It's gonna be open for anybody that wants to come on Tuesdays at noon, right here at the church to join us for prayer. And then all the the other days to join us on Facebook you say I don't know if I can remember that or not okay so we're going to remind you all right how many need a reminder every now and then all right okay so here's what we're going to do if you have the lifegate app how many of you have the lifegate app downloaded on your phone if you don't have it go uh, uh, once again right after this sermon go and download the lifegate app or you can even do that now so you can follow along with the notes that are there and here's what we're gonna to do make sure that you have your notifications turned on for the app because every single morning and we're gonna send you out a notification on your app to remind you of the prayer focus for that day. And here's what we're gonna ask you to do: to just join us in prayer every day at noon for the next 21 days. You got seven topics to pray starting tomorrow because we're gonna make prayer a regular part of our lives. Come on, right? Elijah prayed regularly. But second thing you got to notice is this is that Elijah didn't just pray regularly, Elijah prayed specifically. In fact, you're gonna see that when Elijah prays, he prays some very specific prayers. We see it in James chapter 5 and verse 17. Look what it says it says Elijah was a human being just like you and me, but he prayed earnestly. And look at how specific this is that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. You see the specific things in this prayer that Elijah prayed. It wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. Elijah prayed that it would rain, and it did rain. You see how specific he got about his prayers? And let's just be honest here for just a minute, guys. Like most of us, we're not very specific about the way we pray. I And mean, most of us just kind of wishy-washy, and we pray, oh, okay, I'm praying prayer, but my prayer kind of goes like this, you know, God, you know, God bless me. You know, come on, anybody ever prayed that prayer before? Or, you know, God help me, or, you know, you know, God God be with me, God let me have a good day. Come on, anybody ever pray those prayers before, right? Now, nothing wrong with those prayers, that's definitely better than not praying at all, but let's just be honest, it's not very specific. Because we pray, oh, God bless me. Well, how do you know if he blessed you or not? God be with me. Well, did the Bible say, like, he said he would be with us always? I don't think we even need to pray that prayer, right? <laughs> I mean, God, you know, God, give me a good day. Well, if you had a good day or didn't have a good... How do you even know? God, help me. Well, that's not very specific I mean like if he helped you would you even know he helped you because you didn't really even know how to pray like you didn't even pray specifically how you were asking him to help you in the first place come on you know what I'm talking about I mean some of us we pray like this little girl I heard about she was saying the bedtime prayers at night and so she got ready to pray and and you know you know how it is mom and dad get in there and they're praying and so she bows her head she puts her hands together and and she says dear God a b c d e f g H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P. All the way through the alphabet. Amen. And her mom looks at her and says, well, that was a kind of an interesting prayer. Like, you prayed the alphabet. What were you praying there? And the little girl just looked at mom and said, well, I didn't really know how to pray, so I just prayed all the letters, and I figured God would put them all together the way he wanted them. <laughs> now, that's cute. And that's funny. But how many know that's the way a lot of us pray? Like, we just pray, like, was whatever. Oh, God, just, you know, just bless me. God, just be with me. God, just whatever. And here's the deal. Like, if God did it, how would we even know if he did? Here's the way that Elijah prayed. Elijah prayed specific prayers. He prayed very specifically what he was asking God to do, and then when God did it, he was able to give God the glory for what God did in his life. And here's what it means to be a part of the plot of the story that God is telling, to be a people of prayer that would pray very specific prayers that, hey, God, this is what we are asking you to do in our lives. Maybe some of you are here today, and you're like, man... I need a new job. Okay, pray for a job, but don't just pray, God, give me a job. Pray specifically. God, give me a job that pays the bills. Come on, right? That's a good specific prayer. God, give me a job that's going to give me some extra left over at the end so I can be generous and give it to the stories campaign. Amen. We're going <laughs> to pray that. Very sp- I'm praying that specifically for you. God, give me a job. Like, give me a job that's going to let me be off on Sunday so I can be at church. And off on Wednesday so I can be in a life group. Give me a job that would be one where I like what I'm doing and I enjoy the people that I'm doing it with. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? Specific about the prayers that you're praying. Oh, I need a new car. So I'm not just going to pray, God, give me a new car. I'm going to pray, God, give me a car that is one that I can afford in my budget. Come on, give me a car that runs good. God, bless me with and provide for me with a car that gets good gas mileage. God, give me a car that's fire engine red with tan leather interior and a little pony emblem on the front. No, maybe maybe that's a little more <laughs> selfish than it is than it is specific. But maybe it would be, God, give me a car that Is a good car payment that I can afford, or even better than that, one that I can pay for the whole thing and not have a car payment. Come on, getting specific about what we're praying. In fact, I remember, it's been several years ago when we first started the church, we, we needed a new car. We, you know, we were, we're church planters and we didn't, we had two cars, they were, thankfully they were both paid off, we didn't have a car payment, praise the Lord for that, but they were getting a lot of miles and one of them was really starting to get pretty, in pretty bad shape and we needed a good dependable car so that we could, we had, at that time we had like a three year old and then a four year old and man, we needed a good dependable car to get them around and take care of them and things like that and so we started praying for that car and I remember we didn't just pray like, we didn't just pray God, you know, bless us with, provide with us with a car we started praying like some specific stuff and I'll tell you I cannot believe I prayed for this and I mean you might as well just go ahead and take my man card now but but I knew we needed a minivan so I prayed we'd have a minivan (laughs) and we didn't just pray though for a minivan like we prayed specifically we had one in mind we wanted a Nissan Quest and we wanted we prayed i mean I'm just, i remember praying this very specifically god provide for us a Nissan Quest with less than 50,000 miles and then we we had a 3-year-old and a 4-year-old so we prayed god give us one that has a dvd player for the girls to watch <laughs> and then we prayed god give us one that has headphones so we can put those things on the kids so that i don't have to listen to their you know, to their movies in the back, and I mean, we prayed very specific that it needed to be under $13,000, and I remember we prayed those prayers very specifically over and over and over, and you know what happened? We had a Nissan Quest that had less than 50,000 miles, and it had a DVD player, and it even had headphones for that DVD player. Come on, baby. And it was less than $13,000, and I'll tell you, it was a lot less than $13,000, because you know what happened? God didn't just provide the car for us with the specifics that we asked, but God provided someone who bought this church planter, that car for them for free. Come on. That's what happens when you pray specifically. We're going to get specific about the way we pray. In fact, write this down. If you pray specifically, you get specific answers and God gets the glory. If you just pray, pray general prayers, guess what? You're, going to, you're not even going to know whether you got the answer or not. But when you pray specific prayers, guess what happens? You get specific answers and you begin to go, only God could do that. And you begin to give him the glory. When you begin to pray specific prayers, guess what happens? God begins to come through in big ways in your life and in the lives of others. And this is what we're going to do together over this next 21 days. We're going to pray together, not just regularly, not just every day, but we're going to pray specifically for some needs that God has placed in our life. And here's what we're going to do. We're not just going to pray for our Elijah didn't just pray things that would benefit him, although when God brought the rain and when God did the work in the lives of his people, it also benefited Elijah, but the prayer that he prayed wasn't just for himself. It was for the people of God, that God would show himself to nations, and that's what we're going to pray starting tomorrow. In fact, we've broken down our 21 days of prayer into three prayer categories. Each week's going to have a different category. This week, we're going to focus on praying for our church. You're going to see that everyone one of these prayer needs is for our church, for the next generation of our church, for the life teams in our church, for the life groups in our church, for the worship team and the atmosphere of our church, for the leadership and the staff and the ministry leaders, for the building, for the provision and for the weather. Come on, during this next during this next time in the building and for lives to be changed, for people's lives to be touched and changed. And we're going to break that down into church. And then next week, we're going to pray for our community. And then the following week, we're going to pray for our our calling, that God would begin to speak inside of us the calling, what he's asking us to do to make a difference in his kingdom. We're going to pray prayers that are regular prayers, specific prayers. But then notice number three, Elijah prayed not just regularly and not just specifically, but I want you to notice this. Elijah prayed persistently. See, many of us, here's the problem, is that we give up way too quickly. In fact, I heard about a study that was done. I read about it a few years ago, and it went like this, that you know, most of the time we think that, that in math standardized tests, most of the time uh, Japanese children will score way higher than the American children. And many times the reason we think that is we assume that they just have more natural ability in, you know, in mathematics and in some of those skills and things like that. But there was this test that was done a few years back that kind of proved something different, that it had less to do with natural gifts and skills and more to do with effort than it did with ability. In fact, in this one study, it involved first-grade students who were given a difficult puzzle to solve and the researchers weren't interested in whether or not the children could solve the puzzle or not they simply simply wanted to know how long they would try to solve the puzzle before they gave up and this is what they found in the research that the american students lasted an average of 9.47 minutes trying to solve the puzzle but the japanese students actually lasted 13.93 minutes the japanese actually tried longer than the American students. The researchers concluded that the difference in the math scores has less to do with intelligence and more to do with persistence. The Japanese first graders simply tried harder for longer. And I wonder if it's the same way many times in our prayer life. I wonder if many times it's not about how well you can pray, but maybe about how long you will continue to pray over the same issue in your life. I wonder if sometimes the answers to prayer have more to do with, with our persistence than with us getting all the words right and doing it just right. In fact, that's what we see in Elijah, that Elijah prayed with persistence. We see it in our text in, in 1 Kings eighteen forty one. that Elijah climbed to the mount of, uh, to the top of Mount Carmel. He went down on the ground. He put his face between his knees. You can see the passion that he has there, that he's going to get into a place of passionate prayer. And then he tells his servant, go out and look to the sea. And he went out and looked, and there was nothing. And then notice this word, seven times. Elijah said, go and look. Elijah prayed one time and nothing happened. He prayed two times and nothing happened. Three times, four times, five times, six times, and nothing happened. And then even when he prayed the seventh time, it was just a little cloud the size of a man's hand. And yet Elijah didn't give up. Elijah kept praying until he saw God come through in his life. And what would have happened for Elijah? What would have happened, not just for Elijah, but for the people of Israel on that day and in that time, if Elijah would have given up on prayer one or prayer two or prayer three or prayer five or prayer six, if he would have given up, God would have not come through the way that he did. And I wonder how many times in our own lives we miss out on the breakthrough that God wants to bring in our church, our community, ourselves, our family, whatever area of our life simply because we stopped praying too soon. That actually reminds me of what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6, 9. He says, let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Jesus said it like this. He says that we ought to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to us. Don't just ask once. Don't just seek once. Don't just knock once. Keep on knocking until God opens the door. Keep on praying until God comes through in your life. That's what this 21 days of prayer is about. Guess what, 21 days, God may not answer all these prayers in 21 days. Probably He's not, but guess what, that's just the beginning. We ain't just going to pray for 21 days. We're just praying 21 days just to get y'all started. Come on, just to get you in the habit of doing it. But we're going to keep praying, we're going to keep seeking, we're going to keep asking, we're going to keep knocking until God comes through. Elijah prayed, he prayed. Regularly, he prayed specifically, he prayed persistently. But then, notice number four finally, he prayed expectantly. Check this out in 1 Kings 18 and 41. I want to back up one verse from where we started, and I want you to see what happens. It says, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound. Everybody say the sound, the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah then, this is where we picked up in the story, climbed to the top of the mountain bent down on the ground, put his face between his knees, go and look toward the sea, told his servant. He went up and looked, and there is nothing there, he said. And seven times Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising in the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab to hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. I want you to notice the faith and the expectancy that Elijah had in how he prayed. I want you to notice this. You may not have even seen it. But before Elijah even prayed, he told Ahab, I hear the sound of a great rain. Now, if that ain't faith, I don't know what is. I hadn't even prayed a prayer yet. There's not even a cloud in the sky. But I'm telling the king, you better get ready because there's a rain that's going to come. Then he kneels down and he prays seven times. And all he sees, the only change that he sees... Is the cloud the size of a man's hand? That ain't a very big cloud. But from that one cloud the size of a man's hand, he goes and tells Ahab, I told you I heard the sound of a a rain. You better get out of here because you're going to get wet. How many know that's faith? Come on, that's praying with expectancy. If I'm going to go tell the king that something's going to happen, I better have a faith in my heart that it's going to happen. And here's what Elijah does. When Elijah prays with faith and with expectancy, you know what happens? God opens his eyes to see things that nobody else saw. God opens his ears to hear things that nobody else heard. Why? Because he was no longer hearing in the natural. He was no longer seeing in the natural. But instead, he was praying with faith and with expectancy. And guess what happened? God opened his supernatural eyes to see the cloud nobody else saw. God opened his supernatural ears to hear the sound that nobody else saw. And this is what I believe God wants to do in our lives in this next 21 days. As you begin to pray, you know what's going to happen? God's going to begin to open your eyes. And you're going to see things in a different way than you saw them before. You're not going to see them just with natural eyes. You're going to see them with supernatural eyes. As you begin to as you begin to seek God, guess what's going to happen? God's going to begin to open up your ears, and you're going to be able to hear things in a way that you have never heard them before. We're going to pray. We're going to listen. We're going to obey. And when we do, we're going to trust God to come through.